Hello, this is Daryl Castle with today's Castle Report. Today is Friday, May 14th, and this the year of our Lord, 2021. And today I will be talking about, among other things related to the world, according to Woke, a new report which seems to indicate that paying people not to work makes people not want to work. This report will make the case that the entire philosophy of the Democrat economic plan is flawed. The entire Democrat approach to government is based on lies and will lead inevitably to chaos and violence. The Castle family is doing just great this weekend as the state of Tennessee is scheduled to come off the mandatory mask mandate. Most people seem convinced that when the masks come off tomorrow, the virus will be less infectious than it is today, so I sure hope that is the case. The family daughter has her husband back in Southern California, and he seems to be adjusting quite well to his return to civilization, if you can refer to California in such fashion. Not much seems to be going well for the president right now. He's been pushing his spending bills through Congress, which continues to hand him not billions but trillions to give away as relief for voters and to supposedly stimulate the nation's economy, but it does not seem to be working. Let's take a look at some of the reasons why it isn't working and most likely will never work. There are basically two economic theories or philosophies if government intervention is accepted as the only way, and right now that seems to be the case. The first is what Joe Biden's administration is trying to use, and that is to create massive amounts of new or fake money, force it into the economy by giving it away to those favored by the regime ordinarily. That would create massive inflation because nothing is created with all that money except debt, so you have a lot of money in circulation, but no new goods to buy with it. It works out to be the freshman economics formula for inflation, i.e. too many dollars chasing too few goods. To prevent the inflation from happening, the government taxes the labor of those working to take the money out of circulation. They make it, they put it in, then they take the people's labor through tax, a second theory. Our philosophy of economics is virtually the opposite of the first. Money is not created and infused into the economy through various means. Instead, taxes are lowered on working people, thereby putting more money in circulation. Taxes are reduced on business, allowing production to increase so that goods people want to buy are made. It would take courage and a little faith to decrease taxes in the face of rising debt and rising deficits, but history has shown us that doing so actually increases Government revenue and lowers the deficit. Why does the government have to intervene in the economy at all? Shouldn't the government just let the free market solve the various ups and downs through its relentless destruction and replacement? Yes, yes that's, that's the correct answer, but it's far too late for that. Government insists it is in control of everything and will solve every problem. The people, therefore, hold the government accountable for every problem that occurs. Why doesn't the government do something? To fix this, that is the common refrain. I suppose we can blame 100 years of government schools for the ignorance of what government is actually constitutionally empowered to do. So in that regard, the April jobs report shows us some very troublesome signs among the economy. There were 266,000 jobs created in April, but it takes 275,000 
to break even. In addition, the president predicted that one million new jobs would be created in April. So his program is not working as he predicted. There were 473,000 new applications for unemployment benefits in April, increasing the total of about 7 million unemployed but qualified to work in good health and of working age. Those people have more than likely discovered that when the government pays you more not to work than you would make working, there is something very wrong, but you take advantage of it anyway. These economic numbers indicate problems of a fundamental nature, but they also tend to run together, cause one's head to spin after a while. So let's take a look at the second part of this failing Democrat program for America. I'll start by, by asking the question, how do you deal with crime if you are a Democrat politician? The kind and gentle way, of course, by defunding the police, the result of defunding movements in the cities across America has been soaring rates of violent crime, even in cities not defunding. The police and the criminals know about the defunding. They have the Internet, so word gets around. Since it was, until recently, one of the world's greatest cities, I will use my former favorite city of New York as an example. Last weekend, there was a shooting in Times Square in which three innocent bystanders were wounded, including a four-year-old girl since it was New York and since it was Times Square that news traveled around the world like a virus. International visits to the city stopped. Finally, politicians were forced to take a look at what their policies have created. The New York Post has a story for us. Quote, unless New York has completely lost its mind, a shooting in Times Square that wounded three innocent bystanders including a four-year-old girl, will galvanize the mayoral race. The candidates realizing the terrifying incident is going global because of the location already are sharpening their language and promising more public safety. Even Mayor Putz, after denying the Saturday gunplay would hurt tourism, ordered a beefed-up police presence. Those are encouraging signs, but they will not be enough to make the incident a lasting turning point for that to happen. All New Yorkers must make their voices heard and turn up the heat on City Hall. If enough voters say enough and show they are mad as hell over the rising tide of crime and violence, then and only then will tough action follow the tough words. Otherwise, de Blasio and the candidates will soon give their attention to another shiny object. After all, remnants to defund the police movement are still pressuring the mayor, city council, and prosecutors to further handcuff cops and call criminals if they succeed. The city would be doomed <clears throat> to further crime and decline. We can't let that happen. Everyone who cares about New York needs to grasp the significance of how far the city has fallen so far, how close it is to coming to a tipping point of reverting to the last days, or worst days, of the early 1990s, end quote. Just keep voting for those Democrats, folks, because only they can bring social justice to your city. By the way, what changed in 1993 that the Post referred to that turned the city around and made it safe? Well, Rudy Giuliani was elected mayor. Let's look for a moment at some of the figures the Post reporter was talking about. Overall, index crime in New York City rose 30.4% in April compared with April of 2020 driven by a 66% increase in grand larceny. 
a 35.6% increase in felony assault. Robbery saw a 28.6% increase compared to April 2020. Shooting incidents increased 166.1%. Murder up 17% this year, and that's over the 32% it was up last year. The Post says that if this isn't an emergency, then what would be? Post continues with its devastating report, quote, coming on top of the pandemic, the crime wave is adding to the belief that the city is ungovernable, unlivable. It doesn't have to be that way, not if enough people seize the moment to demand common sense policy changes. This must be the time when public safety once again becomes a top priority of city and state government, end quote. The Post report continues. But I will let it sit there. The same situation is occurring in Democrat cities across the country, from New York to Chicago to Minneapolis to New Orleans. Public safety is not the priority. If public safety is not the priority for public officials, as their sworn duty requires it to be, then what is the priority? That question brings us to the answer of why everything touched by Democrats in this country and by their ilk in other Western countries is irreparably broken. They are in rebellion, these people. They're in rebellion against all things Western, all things that have traditionally been a part of Western civilization, including mathematics. Western civilization teaches that the universe is governed by a set of fundamental beliefs or laws. If I said the laws of economics will prove the Democrat economic theories wrong, they would say, no, everything is just a matter of opinion. There are no fundamental laws. The rebellion is a lot more than simple opposition, however, because they want to destroy. They seek to destroy everything Western, starting with their religion. In order to totally control people, to take away their identity, destroy their commonality, first you must destroy their religion. That's right. These people are in rebellion against nature and against nature's God. They want us to believe that a man can be a woman just by thinking he is a woman. At the same time, they denigrate motherhood and females in general through refusing to acknowledge any difference between genders. They tell us that mothers should be referred to as birthing persons. Can you believe that? Even if I, I, I can hardly read it without laughing, maybe laughing at them is what we should do instead of electing them to public office. Thanks to Democrat politicians, there's no more common purpose in America. There's no more common good. The only things that matter it's what is good for my race, my gender, etc. They only know violence can stop them. And only violence can take back our cities, but they also know that state violence is reserved for Trump supporters. Their world believes that it has conquered, but it has yet to reign supreme through a mopping up campaign. When that is accomplished, then an enlightened elite will manage the world using state power and violence to end poverty, end war, and especially racial disparity. We will live in a brave new world then. Finally, folks, our enemies do not seek knowledge or consensus through debate. They seek compliance by ending debate. You will comply, you will be absorbed, or you will be rendered a non-person by the tech giants. But the historic American nation is in resistance right now, fighting to survive. Grassroots people, state officials across red state America are rejecting critical race theory 
and struggling to regain their children. Perhaps a mainline political party should step up and endeavor to help them. At least that's the way I see it. Till next time, folks, this is Daryl Castle. Thanks for listening.